Okay, this morning I want to just dive straight and we're going to look at encouragement this morning. So we're not in a series, we've got these one-offs and, and actually it fell to me to speak this morning. The kids are excited about that. Um, we're going to look at encouragement. We're going to look at what encouragement is, what it does in the life of a person and in the life of the church. Okay, because I think in my humble opinion, humble opinion, I think encouragement is probably one of the most neglected and overlooked things that we experience in church life. We're not great at it. It doesn't come naturally. And I think it needs to be high up on our agenda. If we really do want to see the kingdom explode amongst us, we need to be encouragers. So we're looking at being encouragers, being an encouragement, uh, everything to do with encouragement this morning. Do you know, encouragement to the church, the person is like oil. No, it's like petrol in a motor. It really is. It's like that cold glass of fresh water on a hot summer's day. That's what encouragement is to the soul. So that's what we're looking at this morning. We're going to dive straight in. If you have a Bible with you, turn to Hebrews chapter 10. There's loads of places, you know, in the New Testament that talks about encouragement. So I, I struggled to know where to launch from this morning. But this is, this is where I felt in prep preparing for for today. Hebrews 10, starting from verse 23. We're going to read probably two, three verses. Now, just to put it in context, this is coming on the back of when the writer says, you know, we, we now have confidence to enter the most holy of holy places. Man, wasn't our worship electric this morning? Andy and Steph, the, the team, they led us so beautifully well. But the reason why we have confidence to just step straight in is because Jesus has done it all for us. It says in Hebrews that he is the curtain, his body was the curtain torn open. So now, man, ordinary folk like us, like me, can just come wandering into God's presence. So then we pick up verse 23. It says, because of all this, let us hold fast to the confession of our faith without wavering. For he, that is Jesus, he who promised is faithful. He's faithful, guys. He promised and he's faithful. Let us consider how to stir up one another toward love and good deeds or good works. Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but it says all the more, encouraging one another, all the more as we see this day drawing near or approaching. So that's what we're looking at. We're looking at to encourage one another all the more as we see a day approaching. So we're going to break it down like this this morning. I'm going to go on a bit of a journey. I like hanging everything on headings, if you like. So we're going to look at encouragement, what it is, what it does, um, how we encourage, and how we can grow in it. I know they all sound very similar, but trust me, we need to go on a bit of a journey to unpack each one of them. What is it? Now, in the New Testament, uh, New New Covenant believers, people of the Spirit, we're encouraged to not only bring encouragement, but to be encouragement. Uh, the, the, the writer of, of a lot of the New Testament, Paul himself, he, he says, actually, do all you can to encourage. So we're called to be encouragers. And the Greek word that is quite interchangeable, it's, it's usually the same word scattered across the New Testament. It literally means to come alongside another to come alongside, to empower, to, to counsel, to comfort. It means to call out or to call forth. Other, other definitions means to, to urge forward or to urge towards. 
or to exhort. Our own dictionary definition breaks down encouragement like this. Words or behaviour that give someone confidence to do something or the action of giving someone support, confidence and hope. That's what encouragement does, doesn't it? don't know about you, but in my life, when someone encourages me, I come away going, man, I feel I've got hope again. It imparts courage and hope and confidence. That's what encouragement is. And ultimately, it's about lifting our eyes heavenward. When we're talking about biblical encouragement, when we're talking about kingdom encouragement, Christ-like following encouragement, it's somehow about us going, do you know what, everyone? Everyone, eyes up. We need to lift our gaze heavenward, fix them on Jesus. Elsewhere in Hebrews, it says, we need to fix our gaze on him who is the starter and the completer of our faith. Because there was a joy set before him. And it was the cross. He endured that cross, scorning its shame. He's now sat at the right-hand side of the Father. And the joy of Jesus is us. I want to tell you, friends, you're his joy. It's really exciting. You're his joy. I know you look in the mirror and you go, man, I'm not even my joy. But you're his joy. You are the joy that endured him pinned to the cross. And that's what we're doing. We say, do you know what? I'm going to encourage you, but the way I'm going to do it, look up. Look up. That's what it is, what it does. Proverbs 27, 17, one of my favorite verses because it's so graphic. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. You know, every time I spend with any moment with Mark Lawrence, I come away feeling sharper because it's like two iron rods being smacked together. I know, yeah. Oh, sorry. Should we just have the band up? Let's close out. No, seriously, can you come help me? It is like, you know when you spend time with people and you just come away sharper? Sharper. Because there's something about someone else's life rubbing up on your life that helps you go, man, I'm going to believe for more. I'm going to hope for more. I'm going to trust for more. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. So it sharpens, and it sharpens for a purpose. It sharpens so we're strengthened in our faith. This is what encouragement does. It strengthens us in our faith. You know, we want to come away from settings like this stronger, not just knowing more. We don't want to just trade information. I want to come away with my soul strengthened in the Lord. And that's through encouragement. So it sharpens, it strengthens, it also builds. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, and the context of just before I read it, is the writer, Paul, he's saying to them, there's a day approaching, we're going to come to that day in a moment. And, and because it's approaching, build each other up. Encourage each other. There's a great and glorious day approaching. And it says in verse 11, 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 11, therefore encourage one another one another, and build one another up, as in fact you're doing. To build, to build. Do you know what this word literally means in the Greek build? It means to be a builder or to build a house. So when we're encouraging one another, we're building a home inside of one another. Let me me describe that a little bit further. Like a builder, like Dave here, an expert builder, 
building a home, a craftsman, can turn his hands to stuff. Dave is not going to go into somewhere and go, I just want all the most rubbish equipment in here so I can build something that won't last. No, he, he goes, no, we need to get the material right. If we want this house to last, we want the right material. We need to dust down the footings and foundation. We need to get back to the foundational aspects of this ground and get the right stuff in. Sorry to embarrass you, Dave. So a good builder does that, right? So when we're building into one another's life, we're we're effectively putting in the DNA of heaven. We're saying, do you know what? I want to let's get back to basics. Let's push across everything that's standing over this foundational work. And let's make sure we're getting the right materials in. The right materials in. So it's effectively saying, man, I'm going to help you build. I'm going to help you build your life. And I'm going to do that by reminding you of the DNA of heaven itself. Another thing encouragement does is it helps us live in preparation. I didn't know Phil was going to share that this morning. I don't think he knew I was going to share this this morning. But it helps us live in preparation. That's what we're about. Let me explain. Kingdom encouragement has a present and a future focus. So we fix our eyes on this wonderful Jesus right now. And when we fix our eyes on his return. That's what we're doing. We're, we're almost to live boss-eyed. One eye here and one eye there. Don't go around doing it, it'll be very odd. I'm about the kingdom. <laughs> Just cross eyes. Let me help you get to A&E, my friend. We need to fix those eyes. One eye on Jesus now and one eye on the future. I'm sorry. But you know what our, our main focus should be on the great and glorious day? Hebrews 10, 25 says, encourage one another, encourage one another, encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day. It's a capital D, that means something. There's a day approaching. There's a day that's closer today than it was yesterday. There's a day drawing near when this incredible Jesus will return. It's known as the great and glorious day. That's what the New Testament writers are pushing everyone towards. Whatever we go through here, there's a day coming. There's a day coming, friends. We don't talk about it enough, in my opinion, in church life. But Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Our encouragement is pointing people forwards, upwards, to the future. We're to be those that live with purpose, live with intention, stay in preparation. The great and glorious day of the return of Christ. Man, what's it going to be like? Every time I hear rolling, thunderous thunder, I think to myself, man, maybe it's today. What's it going to be like when the trumpet blasts and everyone on the earth sees him? Because that day is coming. You know, Jesus really did die. He really did. He, he really did. Uh, he, he was buried in the tomb. He, he really did rise again three days later. He, he is now with the Father and the promise of Scripture is he's coming back. And he's coming back for you, friend. He's coming back for you. That's why he's left the Holy Spirit as a deposit saying, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. Guys, this is a living faith. This is a real faith. This is an active faith. 
it's not just hitting and hoping. We're not those with our fingers crossed going, I wonder whether he will or not. Now the promise is that amazing day is drawing closer. And it is closer today than it was yesterday. And this is the day where everything is made new. And we need to understand this. Because this is where our encouragement is founded. This is the bedrock of it. This glorious day when Jesus returns is the day when everything is wrapped up and everything is made new. Everything. Just imagine a life with no more tears. In this room alone, we would have enough tears to fill a swimming pool. I know that because we're all human beings. Man, we've cried, haven't we? You only need to look at the news and you cry. And you think, oh, Jesus, come. Come today. Wrap all this pain up. A day when every tear is wiped away. Every single tear. A day when you can't experience calamity, anxiety, worry. Man, I experienced that, do you? Imagine a day where you just can't. Imagine a day when there's just no more sickness or suffering. But instead, it's been replaced with complete healing, wholeness, restoration, because that day is drawing near. Imagine a day when you'll never die again. All you experience is eternal life filled with joy and peace. I've done a fair few funerals in my time, and without this hope, it adds up to nothing. We need the hope of the future saying, that day's drawing near. And we're pushing everyone towards that day. That's what we're building towards. That's what we're encouraging towards. That's what we're pointing everyone towards, that great and glorious day. And we need to live in that reality right now. That's the bedrock of encouragement. That, you know what? One day this pain is going to go. Everyone will be healed. If you're a child of God, you will be healed. It's just when. If you're a child of God, you will experience unending peace. It's just when. Just hold on. Keep going. Keep running. Don't give up. You will experience forever joy. It's just when. You'll, res- you'll re- experience the resources of heaven. It's, it's just when. Now, that's the bedrock, okay? There are benefits to our encouragement. There's fruit, if you like. People thrive under the environment of encouragement, don't they? Think about your own life. What happens in your life when you're encouraged? I I doubt you come away going, oh, that was awful. You believe, you hope, your confidence builds. I know for me, there are people in my life that build courage and confidence into me that helps me believe again, helps me see Jesus for who he really is, helps me understand his heart, his nature, his character, how he moves. You know, often in my life, I can't see the wood through the trees. You know that saying? I I focus on the lack. What an encourager does, he comes alongside or her and you understand what Jesus is doing in your life. Helps you see what he is doing in your life. That's what a good encourager does. That's what good encouragement does. Helps me see Jesus. Helps me go, man, Jesus is working in my life. I am looking different today than I did last year. Look at what happens in a home when kids are encouraged. And I see what happens in my kids. When I speak to my son or daughter and I say, man, you're amazing at doing that. Keep doing it. Confidence is there. Courage is there. 
belief is there. Encouragement also sees the gold in others, the treasure in others. Do you know, Scripture describes each one of us like a jar of clay. Sorry about that. But these jars aren't like the most pristine things you have with a light looking at them. Going, look at this wonderful jar. No, we're all a work in progress. So this is what Scripture alludes to. We're all fractured in some way. Some of us have got handles where handles shouldn't be. Some of us are a bit twisted and broke. We're all odd, aren't we? All of us. Every single last one of us, a little bit odd. Turn to your neighbour and say, you're a bit odd. No, don't. Don't. <laughs> Sorry. So, some people are really keen to do that. Yeah, I've been waiting for this moment. You're, you're strange. We're all like broken jars. But the brilliant news is we're being refined. We're being changed. The Bible says from glory to glory we're being changed. So God places his treasure in us. And what an encourager does, what an encouragement does is it looks at the treasure and the gold before the jar. That's what's happened in my life. People, I'm so aware of the jar, all right? We're each aware of the jar, we are. What an encourager does is go, yeah, forget about the jar for a moment. Look at the gold. Look at what God has put in you. Sees past the flaws, past the mistakes, past the faults. Doesn't want to leave one another where we are, but somehow is able to say, man, you're so incredible at doing that. I love the gold that God has put in your life. Also, an encourager is able to celebrate other people's success. We're going to pause here for a moment because this is a biggie. Even in our culture, we hate it when people do well. We just do. We smile. Oh, it's amazing. I love Man United at the moment. They're amazing. Doing so well. But somehow we're able to celebrate to go, man, you're doing incredibly. And I'm not going to pull you down now. This is a biggie in the church. It's a biggie in our lives. Have you ever heard the term crabology? Any crabology? Has anyone heard it? No one. Thank you. I knew Amy. I knew you'd know. This is crabology. It's true. I found it on Google. If you put a bunch of crabs, I believe that's a flock of crabs, in a bucket, in a bucket. Do you know what the crabs do when one tries to get to the top? The little blighters, they all pull him down or her. So as soon as one crab goes, I think we can get out of this, there isn't a lid on top, gets to the top, the others go, no, 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 pal, down you come. Now, this is what happens in our hearts, we see someone succeeding, we see someone doing well, and somehow jealousy gets the better of us, and crabology kicks in. We go, hmm, how can I pull them down a little bit? But encouragement doesn't do that. Somehow encouragement, like Mark does with me at times, hey, get on my shoulders, get on my shoulders, I'll help you get out of this bucket. Somehow encouragement goes, man, I'll see how amazing you are at that. How can I pour my life into you to push you even further? That's what we're to be. And you know what? It's so releasing when you can live like that. So releasing. In another thing encouragement does, it sees the grace of God at work in someone's life. So in Acts, Barnabas is sent to a church in Antioch. And it says in one verse in Acts 11, that when he arrived, he saw the grace of God. And it made him glad. 
What an encouragement does, what encouragement does or what happens in the life of an encourager is when you see the grace of God active in someone's life, it somehow makes you glad. You rejoice with them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. So if I see the grace of God evident in Neil's life, man, I want to be glad for my dear friend and brother. I don't want to somehow go, well, I want some of that. I want to go, man, I see God all over you and I'm glad. So we're able to rejoice. It's what encouragement does. It rejoices with each other. And encouragement looks at everything through the lens of the kingdom. So we need a kingdom lens over everything we do. Kingdom is a bigger perspective. It's not just the here and now. It's not just the local thing we've got going on here. It's not just your little life. It's not just our little homes. It's, man, what's God doing on the earth? Encouragement has a kingdom perspective, the long game, how we encourage. So that's what it is, what it does, how we encourage. This is important. Just want to focus us in a little bit here. It does three things in my mind. Uh, sorry, how we can do it three ways. Freely, in community, and the same way that God encourages us or gives us encouragement. Let me explain freely. This is a big one, and I, I struggle with this at times because I, I believe God's called me to be an encourager. I believe that's a spiritual gift he's given me. I wanted another one. I wanted the gift of miracles, if I'm honest. It's a sexier gift, isn't it? You know? I don't know what I was going to do there, but just something. Power. Power. No lights, lights, lights. You know? I want to produce a chicken out of nothing. But no. Encourager. But I know that's what God's called me to be. I know what that's what God's called me to be. And so often, the way I look at it, as I strap in a condition to it, we all do. Well, if I get encouragement, then I'll be an encourager. That's not how the kingdom works. The kingdom works like this. Freely we have received, so freely we get to give away. That's what it says in Matthew's gospel. You've received freely, friends. You've got the gospel free, free of charge. You've got all of God's grace free. So what do you do? You freely give that out. You don't wait to be encouraged. We just get to be encouragers. And so often we have this condition, don't we? I know I do. Like, well, if I get that, then I'll give that. If you do that, then I'll do that. No, as God's kids, as the king's kids, we get to show up in a whole new way. We get to show the world a different way of living. And it's incredible. Luke 6.38 says, Give and it will be given to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. This will be what falls onto your lap, the scripture says. For with the same heart or the same measure you give, it will come back. So you don't give to receive, but when you give out of a pure heart to give away, you receive. You understand what I mean? I know for me often when I give freely, it comes back to me double. And I often feel more built up than the person I'm trying to build up. Does that make sense? You know, it's like when you give someone an accurate prophetic word, you come away going, man, it works. Wow. Wow, God really does speak. And you feel even more built up. So freely, friends, I want to encourage us. Be encouragers that just freely, don't wait to receive it. Just give it. Just give it away. Secondly, in community, we get the privilege of building a home together. And we all play our part. 
This is where encouragement's meant to be expressed. And that's where the New Testament writing to churches and communities and groups of people. As a family, we get to model what encouragement looks like to Manchester. We really do. We get to, as a community, all play our part in building a home. So we're furnishing a home of encouragement together. And lastly, the same way that God encourages us. And this is through identity and truth. Is what I want to focus on for a few moments. Let me explain. In John's Gospel, Jesus is preparing his followers for his departure. And he says, I'm going to ask the Father, John 14, and he's going to send you another. And the word that he then uses has lots of meanings. Another counsellor, a helper, an advocate, a comforter, and an encourager. And this person is going to be with you all forever. I'm going to ask the Father and he will send him. So Jesus is referring to the Holy Spirit, as we know. He's referring to the one who is all these things, the encourager, the advocate, the one that aids and comes alongside. The paraclete is a Greek word. The one who counsels and comforts 24-7. The one who's permanently walking alongside. He doesn't come and go. He remains with us. So for the life of the believer, we are indwelt and empowered by Holy Spirit. He's always with us. Always. And this is how he encourages identity and truth. Identity. He reveals and affirms who you are as God's child. That's what Holy Spirit does. It says in the Bible that he's been poured out into our hearts. And there's something of a deep calling to deep, a heart-on-heart connection. His spirit poured into our beings and there's this call from within that says, my father, he's my father, God's my father. And it's the Holy Spirit doing that. We're not just conjuring it up, I hope he's my father. Now somehow there's this deep calling to deep that goes, man, he's my dad. He's my dad. And there's a continual affirmation. When Jesus was baptised, we hear the words, this is my son. Whom I love, in him I'm so pleased. I've got news for you, friends. God is so pleased with you. I know you make mistakes. He knows. But he's so pleased with you. He so loves you. And the continual voice over your life is, Oh, Sarah, my dear daughter, I love you so much. In you I'm so pleased. That will never change. Never, ever, ever. So that's a continual river that runs over your life, the affirmation of identity. I'm forever one with Jesus. I'm hidden in him, baptised in him, grafted into him, seated in him. I will never be separated from him. How awesome is that? Like me, never to be removed from Jesus. Every time the father looks at me, he goes, oh, look at my son, my cherished, forgiven, forever home son. And that's what he thinks about you, friends. That's how he encourages you. That's how he aids you. That's how he comes alongside. Whatever you go through, my son, my daughter, identity. And then truth. The Holy Spirit guides us in truth. Jesus said, there's so much I've got to say to you, so much that you can now bear. But when he comes, he'll guide you into all truth. He'll guide you into all truth. And this... It's to understand the scriptures, absolutely. This thing is alive. It illuminates, it runs after us, doesn't it? 
You read it and your heart comes alive. You think, God, you're leading me in truth. But actually, it's the truth about God. Holy Spirit will reveal who God is to us. That's through relationship, intimacy, the nature, the character of his ways. He'll reveal who I am. He'll reveal who you are to me. Holy Spirit guiding us in truth is so wide and broad. Do you know what happened to me yesterday? This is, this is how he guides us at times. We're going to a friend's house and I, I forgot my friend's little boy's name. And I was genuinely in the car going, God, what's his name? Boom, Caleb. Now you might say, it's just random. Now I rejoice. I'm like, thank you, Father. That'll save a bit of awkwardness. Genuinely, this is how I believe God leads us in truth. We engage in dialogue with him. But ultimately, this truth is pointing towards the one who is true, the word that came alive to us, the word that is flesh to us, Jesus. So this is how he affirms identity, my son. Truth, look at my great son. Look at Jesus. So whatever we go through, this is what encouragement should do to one another in terms of truth. Sickness, I'm going to point you to Jesus. Hurt, I'm going to point you to him. Despair, I'm going to point you to him. Anger, look at him. He'll help. So identity and truth. So this is how we grab the parallel. We're to mirror to one another what God, Holy Spirit is doing in our lives. Now, let me be clear. We don't replace God. We're not God to one another. But it's Holy Spirit Christ in us, flowing through us, that affects other people. So in the same measure he deals with us, I believe we give that away. That's what it means to give, to receive and give away. Receive the Holy Spirit to give away the kingdom. That's the point. It's the Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom as long as we give it away. Not to store it away in your cupboard. Give it away. So we want to, this is how we encourage one another. Identity and truth. These have been the Biggest encouragers in my life. You know him well, Wayne, Wayne Davis. Many of you know him really well. This is what he does. Every time you spend time with guys like Wayne, it's identity and truth. Every time you spend time with me, this is what I want to do for you, identity and truth. Whatever we go for, I want to remind you who you are and whose you are, who you belong to, that you'll never be separated from him. I know it sucks. I know it's tough, but you're so loved. And I want to remind you of truth. Jesus is enough. He's enough for everything. He's enough for all of your calamities, all of your worries, all of your woes. He is enough. And then we want to help people, don't we? Look, this is what God is doing in your life. I want you, please, help me see what God's doing in my life. And I, in turn, give you my word that I'll help you see what God's doing in your life. Let's do that. That's what it means to be encouragers. And then lastly, how do we grow in it? This is much quicker. Let us consider, Hebrews says. So we need to be deliberate, like Phil was saying earlier. We need to live with intention. How do we grow? Every day, let us consider. doesn't happen randomly. I believe God has called me to be an encourager, but I've got to partner with his call on my life. So I've got to consider. Every day I wake up, every day I've still got breath in my lungs and my eyes open. Let me consider this morning who I can encourage who I can stir up, who I can build up, who I can build a home with. Let me consider, let us friends consider. Hebrews 
3.13 says, encourage one another daily. It doesn't say on Sundays. It says every single day, encourage one another. You know, that's how we grow. That's how we build muscles, isn't it? You want to build the muscle of encouragement in your life, you need to use it. And the more you use it, the more familiar you'll get with it. I want to use this muscle every day because I know it's what God's given me to give away. And I want to encourage you because I know there's many encouragers, the spiritual gift of encouragement in this room. We're going to pray in a few moments and I want to believe for an impartation, for an equipping, for an empowering that we leave here with the gift of um, encouragement multiplied. You up for that? So this is the mindset that we can have. And then we're going to pray. This is what I want to leave us with. Every day that you wake up or, or during the day, have this mindset. God, who needs encouragement today? Partner with Holy Spirit. Dialogue with him. God, who, who needs encouragement? Speak to yourself. Who can I encourage today? Who needs love? Who needs help? Who needs guidance? Who needs, who needs that word of encouragement? Who needs peace and joy? Who, who is it, Holy Spirit? Because let me tell you, he will reveal that to you. Yesterday, I was in the shower of all places, genuinely getting ready to see some friends, not in the shower, but afterwards. And um, I don't know why I said that. I'll move on quickly. And, and I was just enjoying my time. And I said, um, we're going to see some friends. I said, God, give me something for them. Because I felt in my spirit they needed that. And you know what? When we were with them, I just said, you know, I, just before we came around, I, I felt like... God wants you to know this and you to know that. And it, was, it felt like it was right on the money for them. You ask him and he'll tell you. He really will. He's not looking to hide it from you. It's not like a crossword. He wants to reveal his heart to you so you can give that away to others. So ask God to highlight and then just go for it. And you know what? Just freely give away the kingdom. It's so much fun. It honestly is so much fun. I've got goosebumps now just thinking about it. It's so much fun. Why don't we stand together?